his name. If anything, next week's PNS we can do on Brian Laundry. Uh, William George Davis. Yeah. The, okay. And welcome to Psychos and Sociopaths. Today we're going to go over William George Davis, uh, who in September 29th, 2001, uh, was an East Texas nurse, and he killed people with injecting air into their uh, arteries to slip out before any of the night staff noticed. And uh, he basically, all these people had in common was they just had a heart surgery. And literally the only reason why that he killed these people is because he wanted them to die. That's the reason why he became a serial killer is because he watched them die. And Yeah, because injecting air into somebody's you know vascular system, it's untraceable until you perform an autopsy, and even then, a pulmonologist has to has, has yeah. To do and it. that was that was the thing with this case was it uh, a pulmonologist actually had to go in and do a MRI on these uh, people's head, and that's where they found the air pocket. And he said, and the pulmonologist that did it said that. In his 30 years, he's never seen anybody do this. It was yeah, weird. and, and the, the thing of it is is that, you know, once you in, introduce air into the arterial system, it causes brain injury, and then eventually that injury will lead to death because, you know, while, yes, while your blood vessels do carry an amount of oxygen on them, um, you know, it, it when, when you introduce straight air, like a pocket of air, yeah, dude. Yeah, no, because well, the, the brain the brain is not designed to operate within an unoxygenated, pure oxygenated area. Yeah, exactly. And we're taught in first aid and medical uh, procedures and everything always. Uh, and this is this is everybody that's actually took in uh, a lot of uh, first aid and everything like that, especially the advanced uh, first aid. Uh, like when you're doing an IV and everything like that, you always uh, uh, flick the line to make sure there's no air in it. And you always wondered if, if you see a doctor like flick the uh, needle and the uh, uh, the like the what's the tube thing called? The syringe. Yeah. Whenever is it, they, is whenever, it, is it whenever, the whole thing called a syringe? You talking about the IV tube? No, like uh, like yeah. when they're giving you a shot. Yeah, when they when they, they, they stick flick the needle, it first. Yeah, they they flick it. That is to that's to un, un unseat the air that yeah collects on the <laughs> sides of the syringe and inside the needle itself. So I mean that's just not something that they do in the movies. They flick that needle, you know, or the side of the syringe to get all that air to unseat itself from the sides of the syringe. It'll collect yeah, up, and then they push that plunger in. And they don't stop until. That's why you see them always go past the amount that they're supposed to give you, mm-hmm. and they'll because they, they, they count on a certain amount of drug or antibiotic or whatever it is that they're injecting into you. They they, they always they always figure in a certain amount of quote unquote waste, and and that's just so that way they know that they're you know the only thing that they're putting into your body and introducing into your system is nothing but pure injectable. Yeah, and and because they know that air can cause you know problems. damage yeah i mean it's exactly what it is it's it's i mean you're 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 allowed a small amount but yeah but the amount that he was putting into these he, he was these basically putting a whole uh, syringe in everything. Uh, yeah i mean it's i mean 
I mean, the guy knows what what he was looking at, what he's doing. Um, I mean, it, it says that. I mean, like, what is it? Uh, murder through air injection injections was you know had been conceived. Uh, what is it? Lord Peter Whimsey's 1928 murder mystery novel, Unnatural Death, and appeared later in a 1985 TV series called Shadow Chasers, where a nurse used the method to kill seven patients. So, you know, this guy, you know, he's got his nurse training. He's, he's got a medical background, but you kind of want to, you kind of wonder if he knew about these other things. And, and what's really and, and sad you about hear the, it a yeah. lot, like in murder mystery type movies. Yeah. You know, especially when it when it comes to like Nightingale type, you know. Yeah. Well, what's really sad about this whole thing is he's a nurse. He's the person that's supposed to be taking care of you, and he just wanted to see people die. It was like the same. Uh, the first episode that we did on uh, was uh, uh, Vicky Don Johnson, uh, Jackson. Yeah. Uh, she was supposed to be taking care of these people, and she ended up just getting fed up with people and started killing them. Uh, this is a very – what's really sad is both of those cases were in Texas, and they were both nurses. So uh, – Did they bring him more force more? He just convicted of 85 murders? What is this? Is this the same guy? Yeah. Uh, no, because he, he was – Oh, this is a German guy. Yeah, uh, but this guy, the, uh, the the nurse that we're talking about now, um, William Davis. I mean, it was four yeah, it was four. hospital patients of twenty twenty seventeen to twenty eighteen. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, yeah. these are just simply nothing more than just thrill kills. Uh, John Lafferty, Ronald Clark, Christopher Greenway, and uh, jo- uh, Joseph Kalina. Um, they all suffered from neurological problems following their respective surgeries, and it was all heart surgeries. And because uh, Tyler, Tyler, Texas, where these murders occurred, they have got a really, really, really uh, good cardiac uh, ward. Yeah. In their hospital, and uh, you know, so I mean, there's, a, there's a, I mean, it's actually one of the places that you a lot of insurance will, uh, insurance companies will send their their policyholders to. I mean, because it, I mean, it's in network for a lot of the major uh, insurance companies here in Texas, and so they'll send them there. Was for, that when you worked at uh, Blue? Yeah, Shield when Blue I worked Cross? at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Texas, you know, we sent a lot of people there. I can't remember the name of the hospital network off the top of my head. It's been a couple of years since I've oh, worked wow. there, but um, you know, it uh, you know it it, it it rightly so. I mean, he. He faces. He, he's he's looking at the death penalty right now. I mean, they haven't convicted and convicted him of it, but uh, the jury. I mean, that, that now that they're in the sentencing phase, they've they've already convicted him. He's guilty. Bam. So you're not going anywhere near the light of day for a couple of you know for for a while, if at all, ever again. Um, unless they send him to Huntsville. If they send him to Huntsville, sorry, send him to Huntsville. All right. So yeah, he'll get he'll get yard time and stuff like that. But. Um, you know, he's, I mean, this dude, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't want to try to crack open, you know, what may or may not be going on inside of his head, you know, uh, to. to it was, it, it, from what I understand when looking at most of the articles that I looked at, it's more or less, it was a thrill. Yeah, there's like yeah. 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's like uh, eight hospitals in that town. Yeah. So I mean, and and you know, so I, I'm just sitting here kind of going, man. You know, this is. You know, and and I don't really know. I mean, I'm sure that there's an article out there somewhere that's got uh, the name of the hospital where he worked at. But I think the hospital they might have just keep uh, kept yeah. It out they're trying the... to keep it out because you know they don't want people shying away from or people going there looking for you know like those uh, those people that that go to murder scenes and stuff like that because that's somehow some it, it's intriguing to them. But uh, I mean, most of the people that will listen to this show, yeah, yeah right. Um, watch it but yeah, Doctor William Yarborough, he was a Dallas area pulmonologist and he's a professor of internal medicine. He explained to the jury how injecting the air into the uh, arterial system causes brain injury and death. Um, he was det- able, you know, to determine it by looking at the brain scans. Like you said, it was MRIs. Um, it may have been MRIs or CT scans. I'm not sure which, but um, I mean, either way, he was doing these scans on cadavers. But um, yeah, he said he'd never seen it before ever in his decades of medicine so i mean you knew that this had to be something very unique and it's something that was unless you were doing these scans was going to be something that was untraceable god that's a big word for a hospital it's it was called the christias trinity mother francis lewis oh yeah christus yeah christus and and preaches owen heart hospital yeah okay yeah that's a long name for a hospital well, I mean, because you're going to have your main hospital networks. Like here, we've got United Regional, right? And then you're going to have uh, um, Kemp or Kel West. Yeah, well, Kel West is a separate entity. Yeah, but you're going to have, have your you're going like, to have your United Regional. Then you're going to have your your United Regional like outpatient. You're going to have your United Regional like uh, uh, medicine. Park yeah, because even even Kel West has like one here. And- Two yeah, over exactly. On, over by uh, Kel. Yeah, I mean they they've so, got their urgent care walk in, and then you f- go further down Kel, and it's name. their main. But even then, at the at the main Kel West campus, you've got your emergency room, you've got your outpatient hospital, and then you've got your inpatient, and you've got your oncology over there. But yeah, my dad had to have uh, when he had his neck surgery. They they went to Kel West, and yeah. they had a inpatient over there. But, uh, yeah, and Prosecutor Jacob Putman said that the hospital hadn't changed any of its procedures and hadn't had any similar incidences since Davis left. So, I mean, he enjoyed going into the rooms and injecting them there. And if you watch the video uh, of Joseph, Joseph Kalina, he sat at the end of the hall and watched those monitors, and he waited because that's what he, that's, that's the way he liked it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's like, I mean, they, they've got this guy on freaking video doing this. And then if you see the vid, you know, like the pictures of him sitting in the courtroom. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it's uh, just, it's just. He was the sole person identified to be around all four victims at the time, at, the, at their, during their time at the hospital. He looked, and it, what's, what's really surprising is he played, pleaded not guilty. And you could just see his face that he did it. Yeah. I mean, the guy had absolutely no remorse. I mean, and he was like, "Oh, they're never, they're never going to find out." Type yeah, deal. you know. I mean, he thought, he thought, okay, look, if it's untraceable, unless you know. But whenever you, the problem that you and I have started to see this pattern with serial murders that, out of all the episodes that we've done in this series, is that when you get caught, it's because you go back to the same scene more than you know once that and it was only a, a like a hand few of them yeah like very like uh ed kemper was one of them 
that he basically one he showed remorse, two he he confessed to everything. Yeah, and uh, it was to the point to where he was like he was relieved that of that he was caught because he he was like uh, they finally found the monster and I'm, I'm and and I'm glad they found me. Yeah, um, and then let's see here. Uh, the they were talking about. Um, uh, his victim, uh, Mr. Greenway, um, Christopher Greenway, mm-hmm. 47 years old, Army veteran, right? Yeah. Uh, declared brain dead and died on August 6th. Um, when the assigned nurse returned, he heard the code sounding for Greenway's room and rushed in to find his patient suffering from an unexplained neurological incident. And so a lot of these guys, they were just like, I mean, all four of his victims were experiencing stroke-like symptoms. That's really you know particular yeah what's really sad is the nurse assigned to greenway was asked by uh asked davis to keep an eye on his patient while he went to lunch yeah you know it was so it was probably it was just an hour yeah so i mean these these are pretty basic i mean i say basic these are pretty common procedures it was 30 minutes later yeah i mean these people were i mean really really uh, common surgeries now. I mean, um, Mr. Greenway was, uh, he, he had gotten a coronary artery bypass graft, right? So, I mean, he should have been in yeah. and out. You know, I mean, I say in and out, but I mean, he could have been in and out, like say, give him like a week, week and a half. But I mean, he had a surgery and then two days later, bam, that, you know, I mean, dead. Yeah. Even the next surgery was only like three days. Yeah. So, and, and so it just, a 61-year-old man perf- experienced a profound and unexplainable incident ex- uh, resembling stroke-like, stroke-like symptoms. Less than a month later, another patient, a 50-year-old man, 58-year-old man rather, suffered similar symptoms. And then there was Mr. Greenway. Um, yeah, Christus Trinity Mother Francis Hospital in Tyler, Texas. So, um, you know, it, and, and then on the morning of January 25th in 2018, Davis was seen on security video entering Joseph Kalina's room. Leaving a minute later, according to the affidavit, within three minutes of Davis's departure, Kalina's heart rate plummeted while his blood pressure spiked, leaving him with permanent brain damage that had robbed him of the ability to speak or feed himself. He died last year. So he suffered, you know, and then Davis was fired from Chris's mother, Francis, on February of that year and was arrested in April after police learned that Davis was the only employee consistent around, or consistently around each of the four patients who experienced stroke-like symptoms. So, you know, it, it, it was just going to be a matter of time before they figured it out. And, you know, it, it's, it, they need, they said that they didn't change any of their procedures after he left. And, and I honestly, I don't know that they, need to other than maybe add another check and balance in there maybe have another nurse like a second nurse or 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 a pa or somebody like that maybe like an lvn or an rn well the the thing well okay uh the reason why i i i I, if you usually they used to have like two nurses go in yeah and, and check on one patient uh, the reason why they can't do that anymore is because a lot of people don't want to be nurses anymore. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, and it it's nothing to do with the pandemic or anything like that. And 
in any other thing it is it's a constant thing it's it's like any kind of uh civil service or uh like police departments are always undermanned the correctional officers are already, always undermanned uh fire departments are always undermanned uh ems's are always uh undermanned uh, hospitals are always in, it's, yeah I mean, it's and, just and, that, and especially these days you know where everybody's like oh you got all these employers talking about well we're going to mandate that you get this vaccine even though our governor has said hey look vaccine mandates within the state of texas are you know they're banned you cannot do that um amr the our ambulance system here in town they were just told hey you either get the jab or you got to leave you know and, and you got people that are i mean they're underpaid they're making like 14 15 dollars an hour to work a 12-hour shift six days a week and they're on a rotating schedule so they never have the two same days consistently one from one week to the next but you know or sometimes they'll be stuck on a 24-hour shift you know where they go from like eight to eight or something like that and that's another reason and, why there's nurse, not a lot of nurses yeah and a lot of nurses are leaving the profession they're leaving the field because but, they but, don't but, want to put that vaccine in their body that that's in all reality that's just now that's the excuse now used to is just the hours i mean nurses get paid like hell a lot of money yeah well depending on the area that you work in I mean, a year it's like a hundred thousand dollars a year yeah but then you go down to dallas fort worth and you're making more yeah you're making more so i mean and and granted the cost of living is offset but there you, you to to kind of continue with that theme yeah when we look at the shortage of nurses you know and it may just be that that hospital doesn't want to pay you know or because i mean whether or not we like it hospitals are just like anything else in this country it is a business and you've got some hospital director that's sitting in an office completely removed from the emotional side and the stress and you know stress side of the medical medical field they're sitting in an office usually on the top floor of the hospital or or you know somewhere in the middle of the building or something like that usually on a corner and they they're making these decisions because they're looking at a budget yeah and it's unfortunate because i you know if there's if there's any professions in this country and while i'm at it in the world that need to be compensated the most it's going to be nurses teachers law enforcement first responders pure plain and simple because those people they go out and they deal with either the best of society or the worst of society and they're put under an incredible amount of stress and, and it's mostly the worst of society I mean, it usually is you know and you get these nurses that they, they they have people that come in have absolutely zero intentions of paying their medical bills they look down on the nursing profession because it's like well you're not a doctor you're just somebody who who collects a paycheck and there's a lot there's a lot of the nurses that are more yeah there's more a lot intelligent of than the doctors exactly themselves. i mean i mean because these nurses they, half, the, half the time they actually the doctor just comes in asks a couple of questions and they say oh it's this 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 and they have to take care of all that stuff yeah so, so most of the time they're they they have more because uh, a doctor only has an extra four years on a nurse right that's it and, and a lot of the times the nurse is actually i've i've one thing that actually does upset uh, upset me is if you're a uh combat medic yeah 
either a combat medic or a uh, uh, fuck. What's the name we call it? Corman. Corman. Yeah. I, honestly, uh, depending on where you're at and what you do, even even some uh, spec ops, the spec ops medics. Yeah, maybe Corman. They are not allowed. They're not covered by the Good Samaritan law. They're not. No. Army Army medics. They are. Yeah, which is really stupid, ridiculous. Right, because they get the same kind of training. Now, you'll see that to become more and more or, prevalent. Uh, it's that's more of a thing in Virginia. Really? Yeah, where the where the where the the, the Atlantic Fleet is based. Yeah. Um, NCIS even did an episode on that where a Navy corpsman stopped to help a car wreck victim. The car wreck victim ultimately ended up dying, and then here they come and they they arrest the corpsman because the family's trying to sue them for wrongful death. And so they're like, look, you know, I mean, uh, and ultimately the law played out to where it was like, you know, hey, well, you, you, you have to do that. But or pararescue. Yeah. And we'll see pararescue. They're they're basically doctors. Yeah, they are. Um, now, you get your you get your your special operations uh, unhealth providers and health providers. I'm sorry. Slip of the tongue there. You, you shoot a doc, you're just screwed. Um, but anyways, so you get these special operations, like these SF doctors, these Delta Force guys, uh, Navy SEALs. Usually, well, Navy SEALs, they get, they, get the, they get the Corman treatment, but... No, they actually have... Okay, uh, the way... Because I know that, like, okay, so with the... Navy, uh, Navy SEAL training is this. Uh, either you're going in to be a door kicker, medic, because Marcus Trell went to the medical school, uh... And he explained it. He's like, some of them do communication, some of them do uh, medic after they do uh, their initial training, and they go into a specialty uh, thing. They go communications, medic, and... Uh, right, just like special forces. Uh, yeah. To get your Green Beret, if you decide to go and become a special forces medic, part of your Q course is you... I don't know if they've changed the requirement, but at least when I was in, it was you had to go to and do a year-long internship at a level one emergency room, uh, a level one emergency room somewhere around the country, either LA, um, I think it was San Antonio or Houston, then there was Chicago and New York City. So, and that was because you were gonna be exposed to the highest concentration of gunshot victims. Yeah. And, 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 and extreme trauma victims, like car wrecks, you know, what have you, construction accidents. I mean, something that you, that because that, that that is the closest simulation that you're going to get in the civilian sector to battlefield you know battlefield trauma. Um, I don't know. I don't know if uh, the and they have to do, do a year of that. I don't know if the seals do that because I know I don't know. Marcus Charles is the only one I could probably ask. Well, and see with the Navy seals, I think because of their turnover rate now, because uh -huh. I mean, you got so many guys going into the seals. I mean, you can pass buds, that's fine. But if you don't get assigned to a team. And then go through your your UDT stuff. I mean, you can have the Trident, that's fine. But if you're not actually assigned to a SEAL team, you're you're just a guy that passed buds. Yeah. So, and and that's not me saying that. That's actual SEALs that have been saying that. You know, to include Chris Kyle, to include Marcus Latrell. Well, it's it's one of those things. Is well, it's like to uh, include uh, Marcus uh, Marcus Latrell's brother. Yeah. You know, uh, special uh, special forces and Delta and anything that's uh, tier one, you basically have to be. Uh, you have to be rated as a PA, I think. Uh, you have to go be, uh, in front of a board. 
Yeah. Before you get your uh, stuff. Yeah. So I mean, they have to. There, there's some people that they they pass all the stuff, but once they get to the board, they go, eh, I don't, I don't like you, face. And they just can't. I, they're, 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 <laughs> fucking Hafer <laughs> told me that. He's like, yeah, sometimes they just don't like your face and they kick you to the side. And it's like, fuck. Yeah, I mean, you just. And sometimes they like, you know, like your face. And you're passing everything like that, and everybody in the whole uh, uh, training exercise, because there was a guy they were trying to get kicked out of special forces uh, during uh, Hafer's uh, training and everything like that, and the the head guys was like, "No, he's all right. He's passing all this stuff," and he was just a total douchebag. They finally got rid of him. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, because you got those guys that have got the book smarts, and they know how to work the system to get through. No, he's just an asshole. Oh, okay, that's too. But, you know, it with, you know, with the, I mean, because it's like going to ranger school. Okay, going to ranger school, if you're a complete bag of dicks, I mean, you could. You're talking about getting your tap. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you could know your shit. But if you're not a team player or, you know, you're one of these me-first guys instead of being a team or, you know, a member of that squad, you can actually get peered out. Yeah. And so... That's what it's called, peered out. Yeah. yeah. So okay. when, you know, it, you get like a lot of guys that are E4 and they're, they're waiting on slots to go to Ranger School. And sometimes you'll get these NCOs that are like, oh, they're all about the promotion points. They're all about their 201 files. And they're like, oh, you know, we I apply for every school that I can find, including Ranger School, and and it's unfortunate that you know, even even back when I was in, you had that toxic leadership. Uh, uh, we have always we, both of us have what's the, the taste word I'm of the uh, toxic leadership uh, environment. Or yeah. I, I know environment's not the word I was looking for, but it it. You, you had a lot of these guys that were just like, hey, how, how can I make my DOD photo look when I go up for seven, you know, my, you know, for E7? And it's, it's like, okay, how much, how much fruit salad can I get? And I mean, we're talking about fruit salad. We're talking about the number of ribbons that you can put on your dress uniform. Yeah. Um, you know, how many tabs can I get put on my, on, on, on my duty uniform? You know, how, and how can I make my dress uniform look good? How can I look like a steely-eyed killer without actually having to go get my CIB? You know, and, and it just it it sucks because you get these people that and they get these school slots versus these E fours that are trying to do that because they're trying to become better leaders. They're trying to become better soldiers. You know, they're trying to be better infantrymen. Yeah, that was that was the problem that I had that I didn't know because uh, it took it took my uh, uh, tech sergeant that was above me uh, up at the uh, kitchen that I was working at. He's like. Hey, what do you do on your days off? He he needed some help, <clears throat> and uh, I was like, uh, I don't know. What do you need? Because I'm not uh, at such and such time. I gotta go and uh, feed the homeless. He's like, Wait a minute, what? And uh, he found out about it, and he 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 brought me aside. And it, this is this is the show of a good leader. Is he brought me aside, and he's like. What do you mean you got to go feed the homeless? You take the food that's from the. I was like, no, no, no. I I go up to the, the mission and uh, you volunteer I'll, your time. Yeah, I volunteer my time for yeah. like three to four hours. Yeah, and I, I'll do some. 
it, it was it was just one of the things I, I didn't have anything else better to do. It, it, you did it because you were being selfless, and there is a difference between selfless and selfish. No, I was bored. <laughs> <laughs> But I was helping people. You know, I liked it. And, and you know, there's there's, it, there's a saying in the army, you know, especially around the infantrymen. You know, when when you're when in relation to to rangers, there's a difference between a tab wearer and a tab bearer. A tab wearer, they're doing it just for the prestige. They're like they're walking around like I'm fucking ranger qualified. Mom. You know what? That's great. I bet your dick still gets shriveled when you jump in a cold ass fucking pool. You know. And then you no, got your tab bearers. Yeah. You know, these guys live by the ranger ethos. They, they, they live, breathe, eat shit, the fucking ranger creed. You know, yeah. though I will be the lone survivor, I will carry on until my ranger mission is completed kind of guys. And, yeah, but, I mean, these guys, when they wake up, they're like recognizing the chosen, da- you know, the, the, the dangers of my chosen profession. I mean, they just rattle that shit off. I mean, yeah. they're sitting there, you know, brushing their teeth, reciting the ranger creed in their head. And then when they go to work... You know, they're like, all right, it's my job as a leader to make sure that the people that I'm I'm tasked with leading, note I did not say put in charge of, yeah. or the people that are placed under him, This, these are the people that they are tasked with leading. Yeah. You know? well, well, back to my story, what ended up happening was he, he, he brought me aside, he uh, started asking questions and everything, and uh, he was like, so... Do you do this uh, on your? Are you? Are you trying to get like points to, you know, get rank or something like that? I was like, no. Can you do that? I, I, I was. It was one of those things. I was on obvious. And he was like, hey, can you do me a favor? And he asked me for a favor. I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, one, I need you to come over to my place and help me out. It's like, yeah, sure, no problem. You're a great guy. Uh, and he was like, hey, what's the mission place that you were at? And I told I I told him it was like there was actually uh it was ah, fuck I can't remember but we usually for like Thanksgiving we uh, the first Thanksgiving I was there I ended up delivering some stuff and I ended up going back afterwards but uh, we I got the thing and he he asked he asked me to call uh, give the uh, the leader a call and I did and I handed him the phone and everything it's like okay you're good yeah and. Behind my back, he uh, set up a uh, a packet for Senior Airman Blow Zone. And he's like, uh, like a week later, he called me up. And he's like, hey, you got this uh, interview, and I need you to be uh, pressed everything. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, what am I, I remember wearing my... Uh, uh, greens or dress blues he's like dress blues get everything squared away and and come by the place before you uh an hour before the uh, you got to go to this meeting i was like okay i go to the thing and he made sure i was squared away he looked me over and everything we got everything squared away and i still at this moment didn't know what was happening mm-hmm. and i was like what what is, what is it am i going getting what's what's happening am, am i getting in trouble or something like that and he's like no you're going in for seamer blow zone after this you got to take the test i was like oh okay should i study for it <laughs> he's like well it's just stuff that you should know right but just go over your uh uh test stuff uh the stuff for your journeyman right 
did all that, made senior below the zone and everything like that, and he 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 was literally the only. Uh, it, it there was a few of the sergeants and people in my squadron that had actually seen me work and everything and thought I was a wonderful person. I only had like three sergeants that actually gave a shift about me. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it's unfortunate that, that, that toxic leadership, you know, environment exists, but you know, we got wildly off track, but it was a fluid off track. It was, it wasn't like actually, a train we can wreck. Call, we can call it this because he's, well, he, you know, in addition to the four people that Davis killed, he had other victims that actually survived, but they have such so such a, a debilitating injury from what he did um there's a gentleman by the name of jesus serrano uh he woke from his 20 october 2017 heart, heart surgery feeling well enough to to video chat with his daughter uh he was alert in good condition uh the, the doctors there considered his surgery a success and then overnight he went into a coma when he saw his daughter next uh, ne uh saw his daughter next she asked him or he asked him who she was Never returned to his old self. Um, you know, she said uh, in, in, a, in a court testimony, she said, quote, you, that guy you see, you know, that guy you guys see there, he's not my dad anymore. Um, referencing an old photo with him. He doesn't smile. He doesn't take pictures with me. He doesn't call me. He doesn't talk to me. He lost all his memory. Um, he was one of, of the luckier victims. That what's really sad is that that fucking uh, person that did all this is probably gloating. That, that's what yeah, he'll me. be gloating right up to the point where they stick a needle in his arm. Right up to the point where they stick a needle in his arm. Because I'm, when they start walking him down and they, they say, okay, look, well, actually, you know what? Not even then. It'll actually happen. It'll sink in before then. Because when he is sitting in the courtroom for his sentencing phase, and that jury hopefully will come back with a, with a, uh, with a death penalty uh, verdict, it'll hit him. Like, I'm going to be put to death. Yeah, his defense attorneys will sit there and exhaust all of his appeals, and it, it'll be two, three, four years before he's finally put to death. Actually, it's fifteen. Is it fifteen? Okay. Yeah, well, it's it's quite a process. But when they when 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 they come back with that death sentence, you know, it's just a sad thing that you know judges are no longer allowed to say you shall be hanged by the neck until you are dead. But, you know, it'd be like, you will be put to death by means of lethal injection. At that moment, it's going to hit him. He, he already knows. Like, you know, I, they've already found me guilty. I'm, I'm, I'm screwed on this. I'm never going to be free again. But when they come back, I mean, there's a difference between life in prison and the death penalty. Yeah. You know. I kind of, I, there's two of them that I miss. Hang, the hangings. And the electric chair. No, guillotine. Oh, the, oh, the guillotine. Okay. Um, I mean, now, we they, they did hang Saddam Hussein. Yeah, but that's a different country. Yeah, it was a different country. I, I, I kind of enjoyed seeing that guy dangle, though. That was... Yeah. But um, me off they took it off the air. <laughs> there was a story that, like, because somebody leaked it with some cell phone footage. Mm-hmm. And these parents let their kid watch it, and then he goes into his bedroom and hangs himself in his closet. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like a six-year-old kid or some shit like that. I'm like, are you kidding me? Why are you as parents letting that happen? I mean, I'm not talking about the kid going and hanging himself. Why are you letting the kid watch an execution? Yeah. 
I mean, I mean. Well, back to back in the days, they used to let their kids watch it, and it was a family thing. But okay, yeah, but we, here's we, the thing: we, you're talking about it. You're talking about a culture. That's the word I was looking for earlier: toxic leadership culture. Okay, but. You're talking about a culture of parents who stick their kids willingly in front of a TV screen or a video game console and leave them there. Yeah. You know, and it's like, because it's easier for them to parent passively because they're more worried about upsetting the kids because we've given kids Me? way too much power. Or or you also got to think about this. The only reason why uh, I did this a couple of times, I made sure that I had to like uh, time off when my daughter was here, but it was uh, work nights. Yeah, I mean, you all. You had but to you have always some, had to have a plan. Yeah, I always you know, did. It's we like always single parents in the military. You have to have a plan, or otherwise you are non-deployable. If you're non-deployable, you might as well just go ahead and do that enlistment and then get out because your career is not going to go anywhere. It still upsets me that a single parent has to sign over their kids to their parents or something like that. It, it, it's not signing them over. It is assigning guardianship while you yeah. are out of the country. There is a huge difference because guardianship has a finite time limit. Okay. Okay. So, you know, it's, it's um, you know, it, it's, you know, it's a thing, but... Yeah, this guy was just a total douchebag. Yeah, I mean, and, and and I hate to say this right now, but he he's either it's either going to be the death penalty. And this is we don't have anything. The recent of this is September twenty third on all this stuff. Let me make sure. Uh, da, 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 uh, guilty. Uh, yeah, he. This is two days ago in the New York Times. Yeah. And yeah, see, and his defense attorney is like, "Oh, well, the hospital is using him as a scapegoat because he argued, he argue, argued that a wife with two kids, the ex-nurse, had no reason to harm patients, and was instead trying to save the lives of the patients who died." And he's like, "None of these things add up. Are you trying to kill people, or are you trying to save people? Because here we're doing both." And it's like, seriously, apparently the the jurors did not buy that at all. They were like, yeah, we're going to call bullshit on this. Because it only took them about an hour to come back with a, gu a guilty verdict. Yeah. Um, Usually in cases like this, it takes like a week or a week and a half. Yeah, I mean, this was probably about as airtight. Oh, you look like something just clicked. No, not on this. On something else. Well, we'll talk about it after the okay. show. But, we yeah, it, either way, this guy's gone. He's going to go away. It's just going to be for how long does he go away, go away before he leaves this planet, you know. Um, and I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, the sentencing phase, yeah, I think, this is two should days ago, start. So. The sentencing phase should take, I mean, I think would think that they would start that no more than a month from now, just to kind of depending on what the dockets look like. But, um you know, if if the district attorney is is doing what he needs to be doing, he's going to get this try to he's going to try to get this bumped up to as you know as as high on the priority list as possible, especially with as high of a profile as it is for that community. Yeah. You know, I I I, I don't think that it's going to take very long for them to to get that sentencing uh, phase underway, because uh, at that point, then the district attorney, the prosecutor, and the defense are going to make their arguments for and against the death penalty. If the defense attorney is trying to do his job, he's going to move past the fact that his, his client is now guilty. He's just going to try to get him at least life with you know without the possibility of parole. Yeah. I, I would probably look for this douche nozzle, this um, 
uh, what was the, the uh, Philip Hayes, to try to argue, you know, hey, look, let's get him, you know, life with the possibility of parole, like, say, in 35 years, you know. But, well, no, like, this this guy doesn't need to see the light of day again. And yeah, it's no. unfortunate that he's got a wife and kid that he's leaving on the outside, or two kids that he's leaving on the outside. And, and, and the press needs to leave that family alone because they're going to have a heart. I mean, especially those kids. I Out of all of the situation... Yes, I feel for the victims or family of the victims, but those two kids have to go through life for the rest of their life no, knowing their dad's that a their dad killed people yeah. for sport. You know, and it's like... No, it, it wasn't for sport. Well, okay, I say sport. Enjoyment. So it, 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 it thrill. Yeah. And it was just to do it. And, and now these kids are going to have to go through life constantly being weighed and measured by the standard that their dad put out there for them yeah anyways that's the end of the episode on our thoughts and stuff on william george davis i'm david dickerman i'm johnny skelton and thank you for watching